Breaking news! Your dream life isn't going to happen because you made a vision board. You're going to need goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. This podcast is about getting clarity on what you want, having the grit to do the actual work, and most importantly, constantly training your brain to be your bitch. Ready to be inspired? Here is your host, best-selling author, Una Duncan. Hey, hey, welcome to Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit. Today, we are going to talk about what to do when you're fat. Okay, now first of all, this is not going to be a list of corrections for people who have more body fat. As I've mentioned before, people with more body fat are not necessarily unhealthy. They're not necessarily less fit. They are not unmotivated or undisciplined, and they are certainly not necessarily unattractive or unworthy in any way. Body fat, as far as I can tell, has zero direct correlation, negative or positive, with any human trait. And by the way, the more we neutralize body fat as just a body tissue that is neither good nor bad, the more healthy everyone's going to be, physically and mentally. That said, most people have an amount of body fat that they feel comfortable in, that feels like them, a weight range that they are used to. And sometimes you get that special experience of standing on a scale and the number is not in that range. It will sometimes creep a little bit higher than that range that you're comfortable with. And sometimes that will freak you right the fuck out. And that's the moment when I will get messages in my DMs. And so if it's from someone I don't know personally, they will say something like, Hi, Una. I'm wondering if you can help me. I I don't know what to do. I feel really stuck. I've been working really hard and I just turned 45 and my weight's starting to creep up and et cetera, et cetera. Now, if it's someone I know from my personal life and like they vaguely know that I wrote a book about weight loss because I never shut up about it on social, but we did a bad summer theater show together or they were in the same camp while tree planting or they remember me as the girl who was trying to dance in the Spice Girl platform shoes at university. They will message me and say, hey, dude, I'm fucking fat. What do I do? And even in my home, my lovely husband has been known to step off the bathroom scale and announce, that's it. I'm officially fat now. Now, if any of my clients posted, I'm fat, I would give them my speech about how you have fat. You aren't fat. Just like you have fingernails, but you aren't fingernails. There's much more to you than just adipose tissue, no matter how much of it you might have. Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be to let your fingernails grow and then look down in horror and declare, that's it. I'm officially fingernails now. Absurd. And you might not like that analogy because you might think, yeah, but like I made a conscious decision to grow my fingernails. I didn't make a conscious decision to gain weight. Au contraire, you might have made a conscious decision not to cut your fingernails, but fingernails going to grow whether you decide that or not. Similarly, sometimes your weight can creep up whether you consciously make that choice or not, which is why you might have a really strong emotional reaction when you get on that scale and it says a number that is higher than you expected. So here are the three steps I recommend when my people say, I'm fat, what do I do? One, do not freak the fuck out. Here's what freaking out looks like. Well, first of all, it's going around announcing to everyone that you're fat now. And that includes complaining to your spouse and your friends, posting in online forums going, oh my God, I'm so fat. I don't know what to do. 
showing up to brunch. And when the girls say, oh my God, your blazer, you look amazing. You say, oh, thanks. I'm using it to cover my rolls. Can you believe I've gained 10 pounds? Do you really want to go around creating and reinforcing that new identity? Never mind that other people probably will not notice until you point it out. You're also repeating a mantra of a new identity of being fat in your head. Quit it. Freaking out can also look like Googling sudden weight gain female age 56 or whatever. That is about as smart as Googling symptoms, fatigue, headache, inability to concentrate. You're going to spend 10 minutes before you conclude that you obviously consumed a brain-eating parasite. Or in this case, you are going to convince yourself that you definitely have an underactive thyroid, adrenal failure, screwed up hormones, and a menopausal pooch that won't go away unless you buy some shit that you are going to be very susceptible to buying in that moment of freaking out. By all means, if you, in your calmest and least triggered moments, think that you might have a health concern, go get it checked out. But I will say that after dealing with thousands of people who come into my programs thinking something's wrong with them, it's pretty much always just that they weren't quite as on top of their healthy habits as they thought they were. And dude, that's okay. Letting your habits slip, like snacking at night or having a chocolate croissant ritual with your morning coffee or skipping your workouts is not like evil. It might not be the most optimal It might not be the most optimal choice for you to feel good, but it's not like you're drowning baby kittens in a river. Let's get some perspective here. Whatever that number on the scale is, even if you've never seen it before, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't even make you a different person. And whatever you did or didn't do to result in that new number on the scale, it doesn't make you a bad person. Another example of freaking out is having a boomerang reaction where you step off the scale, grit your teeth, and you shake your fist at the sky and you say, as God is my witness, I will never eat sugar again. And then doubling down on some really extreme diet or exercise program. Look at, listen, dude, I am all for a plan of action. Obviously, I started a podcast about goals, but diving into an extreme weight loss plan will almost always backfire and trigger a cycle of yo-yo dieting. Because when you go really extreme, you're adopting this all or nothing mentality. And then the moment you eat a gram of sugar, for example, you declare that you screwed up and you suck and you might as well just finish the sleeve of Oreos. And then you'll start on Monday with an even more extreme yo-yo diet thing. So instead of stepping off the scale and immediately signing up for 75 days of fasted marathon training, let's head to step two, curiosity and calm course correction. Now, I'm saying course correction because I'm assuming that you've stepped on the scale, you see a number that's higher than your normal weight range, and you want to bring it down to your accustomed weight range. Now, I'm saying curiosity because that's the energy that I want you to bring to your analysis of this very interesting data. The vibe is like a scientist who looks into the cage of their white lab mice and they go, wow, look at that. That is something totally new. I wonder what fascinating variable could have caused this outcome. And the first thing you're going to do as a scientist is consider, is this even significant data? Like, are we talking about a pound or two? That is not usually significant data. Unless you are noticing a pound or two gain each week, then obviously you're on a trend. 
but your weight can fluctuate by a pound or two throughout the day. And obviously, that has nothing to do with gaining extra fat and everything to do with water retention, what you last ate, and whether you have to poo. Hey, hey, if you're liking this podcast, you might also like my book, Healthy as Fuck. It's an international bestseller and available wherever books are sold. The audiobook is especially awesome, if I do say so myself. And if you go to fitfeelsgood.com slash healthy AF, I've got a ton of free bonuses for book readers. So make sure you go and grab those. Okay, back to the episode. Let's say the data is significant and consistent. 99.99999% of the time is because you are simply consuming more calories than you are expending. And yes, there are some conditions that cause weight gain without a caloric surplus. But like I said, that's pretty rare. It's much more likely that if you've gained extra body fat, you're consuming more calories than you are expending, which again, is not a crime against humanity. And it's not a failure of character. It's just information. Now, if you stay calm and neutral about this information, you'll probably have a pretty strong hunch about how that's happening. You might think, yeah, actually, you know what? I have been really strapped for time and I've been eating more processed food than usual. It makes total sense that they would be more calorie dense. Or, ah, you know what? I tend to move less during the winter. Looks like that might be affecting my daily energy requirement. Or, I have been really enjoying my wine lately. Looks like those extra calories are adding up. No drama, no blame. It's just a hypothesis. And what do you do with a hypothesis? You test it. So this is what a calm and curious course correction looks like. I have a hypothesis that if I abstain from wine this week, my weight will start to trend back towards the zone that I'm used to. And then in order to do the best experiment, you have to, one, test that one variable at a time. You do not need to do a whole extreme life makeover that you are not going to be able to stick with. Two, you got to be consistent with that one variable. If you're testing the wine consumption, you really have to stick with the wine consumption that you are. You got to be consistent with that one variable. If you're testing not drinking wine, then you really have to not drink the wine. (laughs) Three, you have to allow for lag time. You can't skip the wine for one evening and then expect to collect any significant data about whether or not the extra wine was causing the weight. It will probably take at least a week for you to know whether you're heading in the right direction and at least a month for you to see a major difference. So what do you do in the meantime? You proceed to step three, which is do it fat. Do what fat? Do it it like sex? Yes, like sex, but do it all fat, all the stuff that you want to put off until you're skinny. You absolutely cannot put your life on hold, even when you have more fat than you're used to. You got to wear the bikini at the beach, and this is your chance to practice feeling as confident as Lizzo. I'm telling you, confidence, it's not delivered in the mail when you hit some magic number on the scale. It comes with practice. You got to sign up for the recreational soccer league, sign up for the Pilates class with all the skinny girls. Even if you aren't fit yet, this is how you're going to get fit. You got to take the photos for your online dating profile. You don't want a partner who's only attracted to your very skinniest self anyway. Go shopping for clothes that you love and that fit you perfectly in your fatter body because it's just as deserving as your thinner body. If you don't do it fat, 
If you punish yourself and you make your life small, you will make feeling fat the worst feeling in the world. And you will go to extreme lengths to never feel that way, which is how people end up in those yo-yo dieting cycles that are doomed to fail, make you feel like shit about yourself and ruin your metabolism. When you are fat, this is the best time to make friends with yourself. Try to just get into your bigger boobs. Enjoy your big puffy bum and your thighs. I mean, it might not be your jam, but it's definitely someone's jam. I'm not going to link to it, but Google FetLife and you'll see what I'm talking about. There is someone out there who would love to just nuzzle into your back rolls or whatever you've decided is unlovable about you. I don't know if that makes you feel better. I'm just saying it's out there. The idea is to practice feeling good, feeling confident, feeling badass at any size. All those feelings that you are saving for when you are thin, practice them now because it's actually the feeling that you want anyway. And bonus, you are much more likely to engage in feel-good behaviors like eating healthy, like getting exercise, like sleeping well. The irony about loving yourself when you're fat is that it puts you in the mindset and the emotional state that's most likely going to make you thin. All right, dude, let's review. The next time you step on the scale and you see a number that you don't like, and you hear yourself thinking, oh shit, I'm fat. Here's the plan. One, do not freak the fuck out. Don't go around talking about how fat you are. Don't start searching for answers online. The, the answers are inside. And don't boomerang into some crazy extreme diet or exercise program that you can't sustain, and then you'll gain more weight and your self-confidence will take a hit. Instead, proceed to step two, curiosity and calm course correction. When you get calm and you have zero judgment about it, you can probably come up with a pretty good hypothesis about how you ended up in a caloric surplus. Test that hypothesis by altering a specific variable and do that consistently for at least a week before you collect any more data to see if it's moving in the right direction. And don't really expect to see a big difference in your body until you've been consistent for about a month. In the meantime, proceed to step three. Do it fat. Do the sex. Do the outfits. Do the activities. Do the confidence and the self-love and the body appreciation and the gratitude. All the life and all the feelings that you think you want to put off until you're skinny, do it now. You are not letting yourself off the hook. You are living a full and beautiful life, which is possible and desirable at any size and also bonus, putting yourself in the best mindset to do all the healthy and self-loving behaviors, which will also get you to a weight that feels more comfortable to you. All right, my friend, with that, we are concluding the 20th episode of Goals, Grit, and Some Woo Woo Shit and the end of season one. I really hope you found this podcast helpful. And if so, please leave me a review so that I know. There will definitely be a season two because I've already got interviews set up with some absolutely killer guests. But if there's anything that you especially liked or anything you'd like to hear more of in season two, let me know. All my links are in the show notes. And until we meet again, I am sending you all my woo-woo manifesting vibes and a big macho high five that all your goals are coming true. I'll chat soon. 
Hey dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.